Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Thank you, Pastor. We just want to thank you and we appreciate you and we love you. And everybody tell them thank you. They say thank you. We want to thank you for everything you do for us. Uh, being part of the ministry here is a blessing for us as well. And we thank you and we love you. Great job! <laughs> we just want to say thank you from 180. We're so happy and thankful that you gave us an opportunity um, to work with the youth. We're just thankful to be here. And we just want to say how much we appreciate you, how much we support the vision. And we're just thankful and we just love you so much. We just want to say from the bottom of our hearts that we love you and we love that you love us and we are very appreciative of all that you do for us as individuals and everyone here. We love you with all of our hearts and again, we deeply appreciate everything both of you do. Love you. Love you. Pastors Ronnie and Zona, we just want to let you know how much we appreciate you and we know that the love that you show to us is the true love of Jesus. Thank you for being our pastors. Thank you for the affection you show us. Thank you for God protecting you and taking care of you and your family. Thank you, pastors. Thank you so much for all the love that you show us, for the prayers that you give us and, and, and show us your love for that. And I thank you for your leadership. I thank God for placing you in my life and in everybody's life. I love you, pastors. Thank you all very much. We appreciate it. You don't, you make it a joy for us and to us. And uh, most importantly, that you take what you're hearing and you apply it. That's the most thank you that, I, that we could get. And we want to, to tell you that we appreciate you doing it. And uh, thank you for being here and uh, honoring us, really honoring the Word of God. Because the only thing that makes us worth following is that we follow God. Amen. Amen. So, thank you all so much. We appreciate it. And believe me, we will enjoy every card, every sign of thank you, including the pie. Amen. Thank you very much. And we want to take this time right now to, we're going to dismiss our 180 group. And thanks for the King's Kids being in here. We appreciate it all. And uh, you find somebody... Why don't you find somebody around you and just uh, give them a high five, a, a handshake or something. Let them know that you're glad that they're here today. I want to remind you that uh, early voting has started. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of like a hound dog. I'm going to hound you. <laughs> and we want you to vote. If you need more information about that, even those that are viewing by live stream, uh, you can email us or something. We'll get it to you. But there's someone in the lobby that will help you to know how to look up your area. I think it's ivotersguide.org. 
You can look that up. If you need help with that, uh, someone in the lobby will be glad to help you. And many of you, I have noticed, have been letting me know that you voted. And we're glad that you have. And those that are remaining, you're going to vote in Jesus' name. Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you inside that voting booth. You may be actually speaking in tongues while you're pulling the lever. Glory to God. This is going to be a shock and awe to the devil. Are you listening? And uh, for all of those... uh, I want to be nice, so... uh, Non-operative Christians that don't think that you ought to be involved... In politics, how's that working out for you? I believe that God is waking up the body of Christ. And uh, uh, I I don't have time to go into all of that today, but I am going to tell you right now, I was informed this week, and uh, there has been two Supreme Court rulings that have absolutely changed everything, but we're not hearing about it from the media, and uh, it, it changes everything. In fact, uh, this is the most important ruling probably since 1971 at least, these two rulings, that has to do with your Christian liberty. And so I'll share more about that later, but I am telling you, uh, in the middle of all this nonsense that we're facing, God is doing a work. And this is not, this is not futile. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm just telling you that. I don't have time to go into all of it right now. But anyway, because we, we got something to deal with today. Amen? You know, there is grace to work. Grace is God's influence upon the heart. When God influences the heart, then you're, you're, you can't sit on your blessed assurance. Okay? But then there is, this is the thing about it, and this is what we're going to invest our time with today. There is the work of grace, though. There's grace to work, but there is the work of grace. And I'm going to talk about it today. Why we need to understand and get an understanding is that we live in the New Testament. Now, that doesn't do away. Listen, I've, I've heard people say, well, he's, he's, uh, it includes the work of grace in the Old Testament. So we have a better covenant based on better promises. But it doesn't exclude the Old Testament. Listen carefully. It fulfills it. In the Old Testament, God dealt with external things to try to bring restraint to flesh until he deals with flesh permanently. Okay? God didn't try something in the Old Testament and it failed. He used the Old Testament 
to get us to the new. Are you following that? Okay. How many of you, as a child, when you were a child growing up, your parents told you to do certain things and instructed you, probably even corrected you. If you didn't have a parent that didn't correct you, then you wasn't loved. That went real big. But they instructed you, and you didn't, you, why do I have to do that? In fact, you'll divert attention. You diverted attention, and this is what you did. Well, how come you ain't, you're not after, you know, one of my other siblings? And that's what immaturity does. Immaturity points the finger to everybody else and blames everybody else for your shortcomings. That really went big too. Okay? But as you mature, you'll find out, as you mature, you stop focusing on everybody else. In fact, when I was younger, I'm just young right now, but when I was younger, <laughs> but when I was younger, I thought, what I, you know, and really when I graduated from high school, I thought, now I've got a diploma, now I'm going to conquer the whole world. And now I've found out, as I mature, it's not the whole world that needs to be conquered. I'm investing my time now in conquering myself. That's really the grace of God. When the body of Christ focuses on that, then the body of Christ is going to be effective in our generation. And that's where God is taking us. Okay? The only reason why our society is in the mess it's in is because the body of Christ has spent so much time trying to straighten everybody out when God says, I've got the answer if you'll let me work it through you. But before he can work it through you, he's got to work it in you. The work of grace is internal. Yes. I'm going to just say it like this. We've invested a lot of time. Oh, Jesus. We've invested a lot of time trying to get God to handle external situations and circumstances. And God's and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you scripture for everything I'm telling you right now. But God says until I work it in you, it cannot be worked through you. Okay? And there's where we're at right now. Okay? Let me Thank you, Father, for giving us wisdom and understanding in Jesus' name. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10, and we've looked at this throughout this month. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And because I am what I am by the grace of God, I, uh, I work harder than anybody else. Now, I'm paraphrasing this. And he said, yet it wasn't me doing the work. It was the grace of God with me. Could I get a drink of water, please, somebody? 
He said, I could, uh, he said, it's not me that's doing it, but the, I'm working with the grace of God. Now, the grace of God, according to Titus, and I, I didn't have the guys to do this, so I want to turn there. The grace of God, chap, uh, I mean, uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. <clears throat> the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. Jesus is the favor, the influence of God. Let me rephrase it. I'm going to take it a little bit step further. Jesus is the influence of God's word reflected in the person. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> reflected in the person. Okay? We get to see an example of the word logos, and that word logos is the word meaning the word spoken. Okay? The Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that the logos, what has already been spoken, Okay, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, you know, and the word spoke, okay? So it has to be spoken. That's why we do what we do here in pre-service when we have confessions. We're speaking the word, okay? You will never change until you speak the word. Now, Jesus is the Logos that has been spoken, manifested or revealed in human flesh, righteous human flesh. Okay? That revealing now is the word, and the Greek means rhema. It is the word revealed in a person. The Logos revealed now in a person. A rhema is a word that is revealed to you. Okay? The Bible says he's hid it from the wise and the prudent, and he's revealed it unto babes. In the book of Matthew, chapter 16, Jesus said that he was going to build it. You remember when he asked Peter and the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter, you know, said, uh, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath revealed this unto you. And he says, I'm going to build my church this way. He wasn't talking about building it on Peter. He was talking about building it on revealed or rhema knowledge of a spoken word. Are you following me? The Bible is written by dictation. It was spoken 
and holy men of God over a 1,400-year period took dictation. It was spoken. You understand? The Logos, the Bible is the Logos in written form. It's already been spoken, and now it was dictated. Write this down. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be taking notes. A lot of people say, well, no, I don't need to take any notes. Look, you're not doing this to be formal for everybody else. You're doing this for you. And you need to write it down. Why do you need to write it down? Because you're taking dictation. I, I, there was a great man of God, I believe he's passed on, that came to church here, and he spoke one of the very first uh, sermons that he ever spoke here. We had him a few times. Uh, Dr. Willis. Albert Willis. And I'll never forget, he spoke on this simple subject. Having a pen and paper available for the Holy Ghost. If you expect God to talk to you, you need to value it enough to write it down. Okay? Why is that you're taking dictation? These are words that is going to be revealed to you. Okay? Now, the Bible is, is the written, I mean, is the Logos in written form. Jesus now has revealed all of that and has, is the rhema, if you would, of that Logos. Okay? You're going to overcome, Jesus says in Matthew 16, listen again, he says, I'm going to build my church on revealed knowledge, listen carefully, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. When it comes up off the page and is revealed to the heart and goes past, listen carefully, just intellect. Intellectual is great. That's how you renew your mind. That's what it means to renew the mind. Renew your intellect. To what? Revealed knowledge. Okay? And he said the gates of hell cannot prevail against this type of knowledge. Now, how many of you have ever felt like you're in hell? The rest of you lying like a dog. You ever been in a hellish situation? The only thing is going to pull your fanny out of that fire is to get that off that page and get it into your heart and the gates of hell can't stop it. You follow? The church has been fearful for the last two years because we have been candy Christians. Everybody say candy. candy. Now, guess what happens when you invest 
all of your eating habits in candy. Your strength, your stamina, your ability begins to wane, and it does not have any stamina to withstand the onslaught of the enemy and overcome. You cannot win. Listen carefully. You cannot win in a battle being a candy Christian. And God has shaken up the situation. He's allowed the, the shaking of the church even during the last two years so that the church would wake up and understand you cannot be a candy Christian. He's not coming back for a candy Christian. Candy Christians are baby Christians. Okay? There have been so many times as a pastor I've seen and been frustrated. How many of your parents ever had a baby in the house and the only way you could silence it is put that stupid pacifier in there? Okay? Pacifying Christians. Those are immature and they cannot handle the pressure of the time. How many of you, how many of you had a little pressure? I mean, we'll use it for church. How many of you ever been pressured about being to church on time? Okay. You've been pressured, right? Man, you was in a hurry and you forgot something. I'll never forget one Sunday morning. We used to have Sunday morning Bible study before we had our main service on Sunday morning. And uh, we were in a hurry to get here. We started at, I don't think it was at 9 o'clock or something like that. And then, and then we had our main service at 1030. And uh, I, we was in a hurry to get here. And the kids were real little. And uh, I, I don't even know. It may have been Nita. I don't, I don't remember uh, but they were, no, it may have been Matt, uh, Joah. And, uh, you know, you had to pack the diaper bag. And so I was hurrying, and we slid right on in here, you know, and we just, you know, without prayer or anything, just going right into Bible study. God had mercy. But later on in the service, uh, the, the, in, when our main worship service, I think it may have been, I don't know, the Bible study. I, I, I think it was the main worship service then. We've moved on. And now Joah is a little hungry, and uh, Zona is looking through the diaper bag. This is before we had nursery. Looking through the diaper bag. And I'll never forget, I'm up here and speaking, and Zona is waving at me. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and this is, she was trying to find out if I packed the bottle. I finally had to stop what I was doing and say, Zona, no, I did not pack the bot bottle. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, we're not packing the bottle today. Why? Because you got some teeth. You got some teeth. Everybody say teeth. Okay. Uh, it's okay to be a baby once. In Titus, he tells us that the grace of God hath appeared. 
revelation that the knowledge, listen carefully, that the knowledge of the internal, eternal God could absolutely operate through a man on the earth. Listen to what this grace does. It teaches The revealed knowledge of God teaches you something. First thing it teaches you, listen to what it says, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust for everybody that says, well, I can't help it, I'm just human. That's your problem, you're just human. You're just human. You're spending so much time being a candy Christian that you're not going to overcome. Get rid of those fleshly excuses and trying to be spiritual about it. Okay? You can, listen carefully, if the grace of God appeared that revelation knowledge alone can cause you to overcome any temptation of the devil. I am really kind of up to here with hearing Christians say, well, we all sin, we all sin daily. You emphasize the daily as if that's an excuse for you to keep doing what you're doing. Jesus came to perfect you in his image and in his likeness. You can always tell the maturity of a Christian by the, the words of their mouth and making excuses for being stupid. Blame it on Trey. He already prophesied. Listen carefully to this. And he goes on to tell us that, that we should live righteously, I mean soberly, righteously, and godly. And godly. When? When? In this world. Not when we get to heaven. All right. Now, I deviated there because somebody needed to hear that. It is necessary that we become word-fed in order to be spirit-led. The Logos has to be heard. And then it will bring revelation knowledge to your spirit. It's the process of God's influence. That's what grace is. The influence of God upon your heart and the reflection of that influence in your life. It's the process. That's why I've said for years I've made this statement, and people think, well, man, that's a long time, Pastor Ronnie. Give me five years of your life where you are diligently, daily, in the Word of God, and I promise you, your life cannot stay the same. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, five years, that's a long time. Well, how long did, has it taken you to screw it all up? 
Spent a lifetime screwing it up, and you don't want to give God five years of diligence. You want somebody, and y'all understand, y'all are here. Y'all blessed us this morning. But I want, I want to make sure you, I, I, I speak out there, because I don't know who all's listening. You cannot wave some magic prayer and poof, your whole life is straightened out. And you put pressure on ministers to do that. And let me just say this. Buddy Bell and I talked about this. Elisha did not know that he was next in line to Elijah. He didn't know it. He spent years serving the man of God not knowing. Not knowing that he was next in line. And you know what calls that double portion? You know we use the word double portion? And we, we have our double portion services. Now I'm going to be real bold right here. Our double portion services. We line everybody up and we lay hands on them and we call it, you got the double portion now. No you don't. You don't have the double portion because I put my hand on your head. My hand on your head does not give you the double portion. What gives you the double portion is following the Word of God and obeying it day in, day out, for a long period of time, and then God says, now you're worthy to have that double portion. The double portion did not come on Elijah, I mean Elisha, until years of serving the man of God faithfully. The church is waking up to what I'm talking about. Powder puff Christians won't survive. Woo, man. Oh, wow, 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 wow. All right, now I've got to where we're going to go today. 1 Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Verse three, 13, look at this. I'll be reading out of the King James the whole time. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. You know what he's saying here? Pull up your britches in your mind. Turn your neighbor and say, pull up your britches. In other words, don't let your mind, don't let your mind make your spirit weak because it's always doubting. Be sober and hope. Now watch this phrase. And hope to the end. That word hope does not mean wish. It means expectation. A joyful expectation. For example, if you made an appointment at our house to be there tomorrow night and Pastor Zona is going to fix one of her magnificent suppers for you, you would begin to anticipate and make arrangements for you expect that appointment. You follow? Now this is, it. this is important. Watch how it works. Watch this. Be sober and hope or expect 
to the end. Everybody say to the end. Or what's the end of that expectation? Being there tomorrow night at 7 o'clock with anticipation, you are hungry, ready to eat. You follow? So you're going to hope and expect all the way until you got that first bite in your mouth. You follow? Now watch this. What are we going to hope to the end for? For the grace of God. The grace that is to be brought unto you, watch this, at the revealing of Jesus Christ. Isn't that how he said he's going to build the church? All right, so this is what we do. In every situation, we know that God's got a word that's already written in heaven because it's already been spoken out of his mouth. And if we will, listen, get our head screwed on right, that God's not going to leave us, he's not going to fail us, and he's not going to forsake us, he's going to be with us always, he is always going to cause us to triumph. Okay? Always. Everybody say always now. Always. All right, so get rid of this squirrely idea, you never know what God's going to do. God's already told you what he's going to do. It's already been spoken what he's going to do. The problem is, you haven't got your head screwed on right. The squirrely you is in the way. We just don't know what you're going to do. Now think about this for a moment. So now, you've got a situation that you need God to move in. You got a giant before you. God always causes us to triumph. All right? So now, you need to hear God echo into your spirit a word that He already spoke from the foundation of the world. When that happens, it is revealed knowledge. That that situation and that hellish situation cannot prevail against. Are you, are you with me now? Okay. So that's why we're expecting to hear from God. Everybody say expecting. That's why you have the pen and paper available for the Holy Ghost. We want to hear from God. And when God speaks to me, I'm going to write it down. Why? Least my intellect gets sidetracked and I forget it. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? The first thing God's going to do about your problem is to reveal a word to you. The problem is, we've invested our time in God have somebody give me a word. And God is saying, I'm somebody. Okay? We're always looking for a word from somebody else. 
And God says, I, by my spirit, want to give you a word that I'm going to reveal to your spirit. He has to reveal it to you because you're facing the situation. Now, this is different than the way we've been trained. Okay? And when God reveals it to you, that's the first step in changing the situation. It has to be revealed to you on the inside before it can be revealed to the circumstances on the outside. Are you with? You understand what I'm saying? Now, God may use somebody to help you. I get that. But quit hitchhiking off of somebody else's faith. God wants to have this personal relationship with you. Watch this. To the end for the grace. What is grace? Grace is the influence, remember? Where? Upon the heart. And then it's reflected in my life. When I have this revelation, this Logos revealed to me, it is no longer a word on printed page. Now it is heart knowledge. That heart knowledge is what causes God's going to work through the heart. We talk about this all the time. God looks at the what? Okay, and he looks in there and he doesn't see anything. He doesn't see no faith. He doesn't see anything. He doesn't see any faith. So guess what he wants you to do? He wants you to get in his word so his word can get in you. And then he finds something in there that he can work with. It's called his word. Okay. Oh, man. Y'all still with me, right? All right. By the grace of God, we're going to get this all done today. That is the process. That is the process right there. Okay? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. We see this, and we, we talked about it, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10, where Paul the Apostle said, there was a messenger sent from Satan. Sent from where? Now stay with this because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect something for you. It was a messenger sent from Satan. Quit saying the messenger was ordained of God. And he said this messenger was sent to me because of the multiple revelations. What? Revelation. How did Jesus say he's going to build the church? Revelation knowledge, Right? Satan doesn't want the church built up. So guess what he wants to do? He wants to hinder your revelation. And he said, I sought the Lord three times about this hassle. And I said, God, what are you going to do? I'm paraphrasing. I'm telling you the way I'd say it. God, what are you going to do about it? And God says, my grace, my influence upon your heart is sufficient for this, Paul. My strength of that revelation knowledge is made perfect in the weakness of your flesh. 
In other words, without revelation knowledge, your flesh is weak. But when you've got revelation knowledge, your flesh has changed strength. It's no longer dependent on what you know. You are now become dependent now on what God has revealed to you. Are you all with me? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Woo! All right. So he said, and from that point on, we never hear Paul ever pray about that situation again. Ever. Okay? All right. So revelation knowledge. Just write this down. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, We are heirs of the grace of life. We're heirs. This is what Jesus paid for at the cross. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, We are stewards. Everybody say a steward. You know what a steward is? It's, it, we are to allow... Uh, we are to be managers of this revelation. Stewards. What, how, what's a faithful steward? A faithful steward will take what belongs to the, the, his master and multiply it. How does he multiply it? He applies what has been revealed. I'm going to show it to you here in just a minute. I'm going to wrap it up. Okay. We are stewards of the manifold grace of God. What is manifold? Manifold is another word for variegated. Different aspects, different sizes, variegated. How many of you live life in a, you live life on different dimensions? Y'all don't? Are you just one dimension? Maybe that's your problem. You're meant to live life on di many different dimensions. It's variegated. covers every aspect of your life, every aspect. And when the church begins to understand that, you'll understand there's a grace for leaving the political scene. Which you've been lied to about and told you we're not supposed to. Why does the devil want you out of politics? Why does he not want you to take it seriously? Because it affects the freedom by which we propagate the gospel. And so the church has been so focused on getting out of here. I still hear messages right now. Oh, he's, he's coming soon. This is the end of... We're, he's coming soon. I can't, I'm looking for him coming. Well, I'm looking for him to come in revelation knowledge so I can overcome this because he's not coming back for a church that is not overcoming. I do not want us to be taken out of here until we learn how to overcome. Amen. And I'm going to tell you right now, he ain't going to. We're going to overcome. In fact... He ain't coming back until all of his enemies have been made his footstool. That's exactly what the scripture says. The devil don't mind you focusing out there in the wild blue yonder. 
Just as long as you don't become effective in the nasty now and now. Wow. Leave me alone right now. This is the anointing. If it chaps your hide a little bit, maybe your hide needs chapping. You know, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to grow. Everybody say grow. grow. All right, that means you are to be... Grow means you're going to have to become pruned. If you're going to be productive, you've got to be pruned. Everybody say pruned. You know, what, you know why you prune plants? You prune them because they got sap suckers on them. Those sap suckers draws all the strength out of the plant to keep it from producing fruit. How many sap sucking thoughts have you ever had? It, 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 the devil doesn't mind you having religious thought as long as it keeps you from being productive. You only got one shot at being one opportunity, one space of time on this planet to be effective. Only one. And the devil wants to get you and I to waste our time. By the way, Everything goes through the test of time. All right. <clears throat> you ready for this one? First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 through 12 says, Stand. Well, let's, do, let's just turn there. Chapter 5. 10 through 12. How many, of you, how many of you love Jesus? Yeah. Glory to God. Verse 10. But the God of all grace, who had called us unto the eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while. In other words, what does that mean, suffer? See there, Brother Ronnie, God just wants us to suffer. No, he wants you to confront Turn your neighbor and say, we ain't no coward Christians. Yeah. After several while, what is he going to do? He's going to make you perfect. He's going to, listen carefully, he's going to take that logos and reveal it to you and make it perfect in you. When he makes it perfect in you, then guess what? It will prevail against the gates of hell. Suffer a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Watch this. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Sevilius, I guess that's how you say it. And you, you can take a shot at it. A faithful brethren unto you, as I suppose, and I have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this... This that perfects you, this that settles you, this that establishes you, this that strengthens you, in that truth, this is the true grace 
wherein you stand. The true influence of God will make you stand in a truth that has been worked in you. It'll make you stand. It doesn't make you run. It makes you stand. Everybody say stand. What did Paul say in Ephesians chapter 6? Stand fast and deliver. I mean, uh, stand fast. Well, in Galatians, he said, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Stand fast. Stand fast. That, that's why you and I have to stand fast against the lies that's against this society. We got to stand fast. If we don't stand fast, not, listen. My God. Listen to this. Our society is stalk raving mad. It believes absolute lies as the truth. And if there's going to be any truth in our society, the Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. Don't you love people enough? Yes, you do. You do. You do. All right. Wow. <laughs> All right. Go with me because this is where we're going to we're we're going to absolutely spend the rest of our time, which is close at hand. <laughs> Second Peter chapter one. Now I'm going to show you something that's going to tie all this together. Second Peter chapter one. Now while you're turning there to chapter one, Hebrews 10:29 says this. That the, and I'm going to say it this way. It uses the phrase, the spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. What's he going to do? He's going to confirm and establish the Logos. Those two coming together brings revelation knowledge. The Holy Spirit's not some squirrel. Okay? All right. Are you ready? Amen. Glory to God. Chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant, of, of, uh, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained, have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Watch this. Grace and peace be multiplied. Notice this. Grace, then peace. Grace, then peace. Grace, then peace. Grace, then peace. Why is that? Because when God influences the heart, it brings peace. Knowing that we're assured of the outcome. Pastor Zona in 1992, when she... Had, when she uh, uh, had to have two emergency surgeries in one week and found out that there was cancer, uh, ovarian cancer of the most aggressive kind, the doctor had said. But God had been revealing to her spirit a verse, a logos, 
And we were singing a song that, uh, that went along with this verse in Isaiah, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, it is condemned. For that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. You, know, you, you can go look it up. God had revealed it and was stirring it in her spirit. Where? In her spirit. Then when she got the news, went through these two operations, found out that it was uh, cancer and of the most aggressive kind, and she had, she can tell you right now, she had peace. She had what? Peace. peace. Why? Because of the rhema that was revealed, and it was sufficient to overcome this situation because it had been revealed on the inside. Inward, listen carefully, inward revealing brings an outward work. You all with me? I mean, you got to stay with me. Stay with me at least 10 minutes. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, grace and peace are what? Multiplied. How is it multiplied? Through the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. Here's a mistake. He didn't say knowledge about God. He said the knowledge of God. Now what's, what's the difference? We go and we learn about God, and that's what religion does. But when you have an influence of revealed knowledge on the inside, he drops it into you. Okay? When you have, when you know what God knows about any given situation, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. All right, stay with us. We're going to now watch this. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Say it's already given. How's it given? Through the knowledge of Him. Not knowledge about Him, but what He knows. How's that divine power activated? Through finding out what God knows about you and your situation. Okay? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, give all diligence. Everybody say diligence. diligence. Listen, Friday night when we had graduation, we talked about that word study. Study means give diligence. Give diligence. You can't casually get what I'm talking about. You have to diligently apply yourself. Your Christianity is not re re confined to a Sunday morning service where you endure Pastor Ronnie spitting at you. God wants to have an everyday relationship with you. Okay? <clears throat> and besides this, give diligence. Add to your faith what? Virtue. Christian energy. 
And virtue, knowledge. Not your knowledge. Not knowledge about God, but revelation knowledge. And to revelation knowledge, temperance. Why do we have temperance? Because we're not moved by our emotions now. We are settled on the revelation. Oh, glory to God. And to temperance, patience. We're going to endure because we always come out on top. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Now watch this. Watch this. It's going to get really deep right here. For if these things be where? In you. And what? Abound. They make. They make you. That you're neither barren nor unfruitful. In what? That revelation knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Watch verse 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now I'm going to throw you a curve right here. It throws you a curve right here. If, for if you do these things, you shall never, everybody say never. never. Say it again, never. never. How long is never? Never. Never, never fall. Now, I didn't say that. I had to take big correction when I read that. Because my flesh loves to make excuses for failure. And it always likes to tell God, God, you forgot me. Oh, you forgot me. You forgot me, man. Where are you, God? How many of you ever made those statements like that? Or you ever had that thought wonder? And I'll say it that way. What is that? That's your flesh. The weakness of your flesh moaning, groaning, and whining. And God says right there, I've already fixed it. If you'll be diligent to do this, if you'll be diligent to do it, I've already fixed it so you will never fall. I got news for you. America is going to change because of what I just read. There are people in this country that are taking revelation knowledge now and begin to apply it instead of being a bottle-sucking, pacifying Christian that is candied. Our churches now is not about coming here and getting you to laugh. I don't mind you laughing. I like to have a good time. I like to laugh. You know who I like to laugh at? Somebody else. <laughs> but today, God's raising up a different breed of churchgoers that take the reality 
of what Jesus paid for, apply it to their life, and honor it in, in the things that they do, the things that they say, and they arise above the present circumstances. Now listen, it's not hard for God to save by many or by few. We don't have to have the majority. We have to have the revelation. The revelation. Gideon started out with 30,000. God says you got too many. Tell everybody that's fearful, you know, the candied Christian, go home. 20, I think it was 22,000 went home. Wow. Wow. Our mega churches. Well, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> and he said, Gideon, you still got too many. He said, go down here by the brook and I'm going to test everybody. And the ones that passed my test, that's the ones I want you to take. And he said, everybody that gets down when they get to the brook to get water, and they get down on their all, you know, all fours and they get their face in the water and they just lick it like this. I want you to mark those because they're going home. The others, they get down like this and scoop it up in their hand and are watching what's going on. Those are the ones I want you to mark to go with you. Out of that seven or 8,000, I can't remember the exact number, but you're getting the point. Only 300 were alert. Only 300. That 300, God says this, now we got you down to size. Because I don't want anybody to trust in the numbers. I want them to trust in my revealed knowledge. And you know the story, you read it in Judges chapter 6 and chapter 7. They went and sent the Midianites into a, a, a total array. That 300. Had the enemy scared. And then they called out for the others that they sent home and said, come on now. And then the crowd followed after the 300 that had revelation. Are you understanding? They didn't leave them at home. They said, come on. Now, now you're going to understand what we're talking about. God is reconstructing the church for these last days. And he's doing it by his grace. I have to be honest with you as a pastor. I am, I would love to have crowds. But I don't want to have crowds 
where I have to have a whole room full of people that have to babysit. You follow? I don't, God wants people that know him. Those people will do exploits, the Bible says. He said, I'm going to do exploits to those who know me. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many of you want to be part of that 300? Then understand it's, that's an influence of God. Glory to God. You that are viewing by live stream, we want you to become part of that 300. We want you to know God. And when you first come to God, you don't know anything. That's okay. Get hooked up with somebody that has some experience. We want you to get hooked up right here, actually. Hello? Glory to God. Stand up, man. I can't. Y'all bother me sitting down. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Who in here has pain right now in your body? You're hurting. You got pain? Anybody else got a physical pain right now? Right here? Okay. I need a believer. A believer. Not someone who's going to try it. I want a believer to go lay hands on those who have their hands raised. Right now. Believer. Anybody, any, if you got, you got pain, I need your hand raised up because I want, I want you to get, I want somebody that's a believer. Glory be to God. Now, Father, this is what your word says. You said for us to lay hands on the sick and that they would recover. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, believers are laying hands on them. And you said these signs would follow them that believe. Right now we rebuke this pain based upon the merits of the cross, the power of the resurrection of Jesus, and in the authority of his name. We speak to the pain. We speak to the cause of that pain. You will bow your knee to the Lordship of Jesus. We command the cause of this pain to go and we command this pain to leave their body as a result of that source being broken. Father, we thank you right now for your healing virtue. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, let's just, let's just, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. You understand? Okay. It's gone. Okay. Right here? It's gone? What about yours? Ma'am, not as much? Okay, it's, it, all right, it's on its way out. Sir? Not as much? Okay. All right. All right. Father, we thank you for a complete, total healing in the name of Jesus. You know that the scripture says sometimes that people were healed as they went their way. We did what the scripture says to do. We've already had 
uh, evidence that it's working and it's going to do a complete work in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> Ernestine's brother, our youngest brother, had broken his foot. Make a long story short, it was shorter than one, than the other one. On a Sunday night, I believe it was, we laid hands on him, set him in the chair, we could see it. And I laid hands on him, you know, and his foot came out just a little bit, and then it looked like it went back in. I think it was the next day, maybe two or three days later, he was sitting, laying in the bed, and I think his wife went to get him a cup of coffee or something like that, I don't know. He hollers out to his wife and says, Look, look, and she says, What? My feet! My, my legs are the same length! Hello. Pastor Ronnie didn't do that. It was the revelation. It was the grace of God with me that did the work. Are you, are you understanding what we're talking about? Paul the apostle, listen carefully, is the one that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Is that what he said? Now you understand when God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. He had that revelation knowledge. He's the same guy that wrote that, that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So what do you think he did? Do you think he kept putting up with the devil? No, that messenger, no. He never, never again did he ever address that messenger of Satan harassing him. Never again. I just want you to get what the grace of God, it, the grace of God does an inward work so it can be revealed through you. That's why we want you to invest your time. One of the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss you in prayer, but, but you got to hear this. We just got through having wall builders on biblical citizenship. Interesting, interesting survey that was done, that was mentioned. Only 9% in this survey, 9% of Christianity, 9% read their Bible on a daily basis. Now we understand why we got major problems. Just read your Bible and act like God wrote it to you. Father, we thank you right now for your goodness and mercy. If there's anyone in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, I thank you that you drew them here by your Spirit. Whether it be virtually or whether it be in this auditorium. Father, I thank you right now that they would humble themselves to you, Father. And they would crown you Lord of their life. Now, Father, I thank you as we leave. I thank you, Lord, that your grace would surround us like a shield. Follow us everywhere we go. Father, we thank you right now. I declare 
that we will hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. Lord, we thank you that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the name of Jesus to use, which we invoke right now. Say this with me out loud. Say it boldly, just like you're you know, just talking to the devil right to his face. Say, in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among us. Now, Father, I thank you right now that as we leave this place and we go into our everyday activities, we thank you that your love would so fill us up that every person we come in contact with, your love would ooze out with the gospel of the truth and touch them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give five people a high five. Said, I'm glad you thank were Thank you here. for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.